Hey guys, this is Srikant Iyer. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Homelane.com. Do you remember what you were doing in 1993? I'm guessing that many of you would not even have been born then. This was the year that Srikant Iyer started his first business. This was an era in which the word startup had not been invented. In fact, at this time, India did not even have cable TV. In this very special episode of the Founder Thesis podcast, your host Akshadat sits down with Srikant Iyer to talk about his amazing journey as an entrepreneur. Starting from his humble beginnings in 1993, Srikant takes us all the way to the present with his current venture, Homelane. Homelane is one of the largest companies in the home interior space. having raised more than 100 million dollars from some of the biggest investors stay tuned and subscribe to the founder thesis podcast on any audio streaming app to listen to the amazing journey of veteran founders who are changing the world i got a sports quota seat because i played table tennis for the state for so many years I got in a computer science seat in RVC, which is one of the top colleges in the in Bangalore, at least. So joined that. My claim to fame also is I'm Anil Kumble's batchmate. He and me were in the same batch. I did a very interesting course. Harvard conduct their only off-campus course in India during the 90s, and I managed to catch that. Amazing. Yeah. So I have a postgraduate degree in software engineering from Harvard, which I did. very nice course actually very interesting in fact i keep joking that in that one year i probably learned than more than what i learned in the four years of engineering at least practically so it was very good course got a immediate placement even before i finished it i got it to wipro but i just felt that was not for me and quit in 3 months and started my first venture so that's my beginning of my entrepreneurial journey actually so so what did you start like i mean you were like a i mean you literally must have been like 21 22 at that age yeah 22 all of 22 years 23 actually the branded computers were very expensive compared to the unbranded ones so you used to get these assembled computers and the price difference itna zyada tha ki aam aadmi could not afford ibm or a compaq which were the top two brands then and they pretty much were okay going for a assembled computer which was like 10000 20000 cheaper than the branded one so duties were very high and so on and so forth so at that point in time i saw an opportunity there and how this happened was i have this good friend of mine who runs a university here who ran at that time it was a college it was not a university largest college so he always had requirements for these computer labs i mean and the labs minimum 30 computer 40 computer as he used to buy and he came and said hey you know what i am looking for a lab for this do you know somebody who can do this for me and in my harvard course i had a my classmate he was from mumbai and he was a typical very hands on kind of guy he knows you have those guys who are very detail oriented and they know everything about they do where they are very good with their hands he is one of those guys and he already in his college days itself and bombay being as entrepreneurial as it is 
in his college days itself has started assembling computers and learned about how to do it and all that so he said hey you know what i can help you do this why not if you are interested i said yeah man sure then i found some suppliers who could give us some genuine components and i told my friend saying hey you know what i will get you this lab and this is the price if you're okay with it and he was absolutely fine with it and i was making 5000 rupees a computer per computer and my monthly salary from wipro was 4500 rupees then so i said yeah so i did the math i mean it was not very difficult to do mai bola yaar agar ek mahine mein ek computer bhi bechunga to usse zyada kama lunga so the first tranche of this friend of mine helped me and it went off reasonably smoothly we had our own problems but went off smoothly then i hired like a couple of guys then i had a small home office kind of a thing so i used to i used to have an office as a part of one part of my house so started a small and then grew that and you were selling to businesses like you would obviously want bulk orders right like selling to individuals wouldn't not necessarily i was doing a mix of both because the margins were so good right i mean in fact if you going to consumer your margins would even be better because they would not really bargain so much because it's one just one computer right so but yeah that taught me a lot i mean just to give you one most one more anecdote of one learning which kind of blew me away and i worked a lot with marwadis during that time because they typically the trading community right and they've been doing this for centuries i guess so very very good very sharp etc so once i remember about 2 3 years into the business i also started thinking okay abhi i should also start importing some memory chips etc which seem to may have some reasonable demand so i remember i met one of these suppliers during some event which was in singapore or somewhere like that and i said hey i want to get specifically this ram what we used to call ram i mean now also you have that but uh, you know that time you used to have those chip, typical chips which you need to insert so i said okay i will try and take a lot of some few thousand pieces and uh, and as always first time i was importing so made a few mistakes this thing got delayed so i thought it would come in like april or something like that it ended up coming only by july and as technology anything in technology once it goes out of work it goes out of work very fast right so high speed of obsolescence so and by the time i was getting this was almost becoming obsolete and i started sweating because itna sara maal aake mere ko bechna bhi hai to main mere supplier ke paas gaya main bola sir main abhi bhi unko sari bulata hu main bola sir isko kya karna hai it looks like this is going out of first one what should i do first one what should i do देख भाई ऐसा नहीं करते पहले तो एक काम कर मैं तुमको पांच नंबर देता हूं सब होलसेल हैं सब होलसेल डीलर हैं तू उनको फोन कर सबको फोन कर पांचों को फोन कर और बोल दे उनको कि आई वॉन्ट टू बाय दिस चिप आई डोट वॉन्ट टू सेल डोंट से दिस चिप एंड टेल दम ब्रॉड क्वान्टिटी टेल दम ईच डिफरेंट डिफरेंट क्वान्टिटी डोंट से सेम क्वानिटी से डिफरेंट क्वानिटी सो बेसिकली वॉट ही टॉट मी वॉज इफ इट इज बी टू बी यू क्रिएट सम आर्टिफिशियल डिमांड इज नो डिमांड एंड देन ही सेट लीव इट टू मी आफ्टर दैट I will push it out to them, and I will give each of them a little. And then, so that one thing really taught me so much. That there's so much of native intelligence. The what's called, I mean, we can call it common sense, but there's a lot more than that, right? This is doing the right thing. It's not you're not really cheating, but you are taking advantage of the supply and demand scenario and creating some artificial demand kind of thing. 
etc so it taught me so much like that i mean i've learned like lots during that so seven years i ran that business it was called total solutions i ran that and how were you getting customers for it like what, did you have a store front was it just like telephone calls and meeting people at their homes and yeah so mostly word of mouth first two years i did not have a storefront but after that next five years i had a storefront i managed to make enough money to hire a place so i don't know if bangalore but there's this place called maleshwaram here which is a reasonably residential area so i got a nice office there that time the business had become big but it became big on the basis of b2b orders which was larger customers like you said this ps university was a big customer gokuldas exports there was a, there was a company it still exists actually there are large expo- garment exporters they were big customers i used to do a lot of work even with bel some quasi government organizations so did quite a bit of that and you would be selling hardware plus services also like ce right okay plus services maintenance ha huh. amc or asc ha huh. so that time pretty much i was i was the door to door sales guy for for the there was nobody else i was doing all the selling so so i think door to door selling teaches you a lot teaches you quite a bit right thinking on your feet moving fast understanding what they want before you actually put out your offering to them so many things it teaches you right so so that that was very i would say educational for me those for seven years and in the year 2000 was when my second startup happened the same gentleman my friend who was running bs university by now he came up with an idea of building a e learning company he said i want to build an e learning company he i run a college the top 2% of students come to my college the next 98% want to come to my college but cannot come to my college so can we use technology to bridge that gap can i give them the best teaching to the next 98% and take advantage of it as a business model meaning charge them for it sounded like a very simple and nice idea i mean i guess we are still trying to figure out in terms of e learning across the world seemed like a nice idea so he said you must be part of this founding team this was 2000 year 2000 this was the year 2000 in fact jan 26th on republic day i remember we made and made a pitch to the first first angel vc that i have ever laid eyes on in my life one mr bb jagdish he is still very active he is very popular in the valley i don't know if you heard of him but he started this company called exodus exodus was aws in its previous form and yeah so he made it big so and he had come down and we pitched to him for 4 crore of seed investment and in 15 minutes he agreed so we didn't know what to do we didn't we had not expected him to agree <laughs> so so that was the that company was called edurite e d u r i t e so started that in 2000 along with jawar this friend of mine from bea so on your linkedin it says tutor vista was that like the public facing brand of it no so basically what happened was started with edurite and this company got acquired by tutor vista in 2007 So in 2007 we got acquired. So I ran part of the Twitter Vista business also after that. And what was the Edurite model like B to C and like cohort based or like asynchronous? Yeah, when we started it was a simple B to C model asynchronous. We said that what we will do is we will get the best teacher for each subject. So for example, physics ke liye there was Professor Shankar from Basungudi. who was very famous at that point in time people used to write entrance exams to get into his tuition i mean he was so popular so we said let's pe- get people like that capture them teaching the subject 
and take the recommended book which they would recommend and combine the two. So give a student a CD-ROM. At that time, you could not stream such as big videos and all that because bandwidth utna tha. We'll give it to them in CD-ROMs which they can play from their CD player on their laptop or on their desktop. That was the model. So we started with 9th and 11th because we said 10th and 12th ke liye pehle, pehle saal parents will not take us, will take the risk of using e-learning in 10th and 12th. People may say, you know what I mean, I won't make my kid a guinea pig kind of a thing. So we said we'll do 9th and 11th and then next year we did 10th and 12th. So we had 9th to 12th in a couple of syllabi like CBSE and all that ready. And then we were ready to launch. We launched, we did a Big Bang launch. We were on TV. We got an ad campaign. We thought there was no queue. Then we realized that PC penetration is a big issue in our country, right? 2% was the whole PC penetration at that point in time. So th this was like a CD with an executable software. Like so pehle to, correct, CD with an executable software. Okay, okay, okay. And it would have, like, each year would have its own CD, like, nine maths would be one CD and so on. And this software would have a journey. Correct. Correct. You can also buy a pack. You can buy physics, chemistry, maths, biology, and you can buy, it'll be slightly cheaper, or you can buy subject by subject also. Okay. And it would have a journey for the student and assessments and, like, like a complete learning experience. Correct. So it'll have it in chapters, it'll have videos embedded in that. So you can within the CS1 itself, click and watch the professor teaching that. Then you can ask doubts. The doubts should go and be answered by other teachers. You could browse the web. We had curated content. See the problem with Google even then and even now is when you search, you get too much of content, right? I mean, how do you know what is relevant to you? So I remember now also water cycle. Water cycle is taught in fourth grade. It's taught in eighth grade. It's taught in 11th grade. And each grade, it's taught with different levels of depth. So, but Google doesn't know who's searching for it when they are searching for water cycle. They will show up the same content for all three. So we said, okay, we'll curate it and we'll put it. So we did some very interesting stuff actually. But you won't believe it. Now that you're asking me about that, Akshay, I'll give you one other learning there, right? This was on product, right? How you always feel that some feature that's your favorite will always be very useful. For me, I always felt that this we used to have this section called connected links, meaning basically you're studying water cycle. It was a lot of work because it's not easy, right? You have to go into the link, check what is the relevance and then put it there, etc. So it took a lot of time for our teachers to do it. So about three years later, we did a survey from our users saying, Aap kaun -kaun sa feature use karte ho? So this related links, believe it or not, was ranked last and I was heartbroken. And so it just... The users were clearly giving us this one saying, yeah, isko hata do, and if it is costing so much money for putting it in, then it's even more reason for you to remove it. Their logic was very simple. Their logic was, yeah, this is CBSE ka textbook. I have to read the first page to the last page. I don't have to give anything to it. I don't have interest in seeing it. What are you related links bol rahe ho? Google, you know, you're doing all that. It's absolutely no use to me. We used to sell online. It was a simple B2C product. So we used to have two channels of sales. One was direct to consumer and through stores offline. And the other was through direct telecalling. So, so we used to have a website. People used to come and say, hey, I'm interested. And then we will get a team to call them up and do the selling etc etc decent business profitable brought it to about five crores of revenue with about one crore of profit in about six seven years yeah but it was a tough journey so i told you all the good things 
now i can tell you some of the bad things that <laughs> that we went through especially in the edurite journey so we raised about 7 crores of angel other than bb jagdish few other angels also we managed to raise some money and uh, three of us were co-founders we decided that we would really go all out like i told you and we got it totally wrong we got the whole product completely wrong few reasons when somebody is looking at e learning or take your own podcast as an example right when you're going to cast this you're going to make it bite size you're going to make it topic based you're going to make it 3 4 minutes each because people can consume it easily nobody wanted even a professor shankar to be speaking for 90 minutes continuously are yaar koi kyo so jata tha one one was that two was that the same professor was not applicable everywhere he was a अमिताभ बच्चन नो डाउट बट ही इज वॉट आई कॉल अ लोकल अमिताभ बच्चन वो सिर्फ बसंगुड़ी में शंकर फेमस थे बगैर डेली आप मलेश्वरम जाओ ना नो बडी नो हुज शंकर सो आई कुड नॉट सेल द प्रोडक्ट ऑन हिज फेस सो टू स्पीक द थर्ड एंड द बिगेस्ट थिंग वॉज एक्सेंट नाउ वेन प्रोफेसर शंकर वो स्पीकिंग साउथ इंडियन कर्नाटका एक्सेंट आई मीन वेरी हेवी सो दोज वर समूज दैट वी केम अबाउट विथ एनी वे बाई टू थाउजेंड टू वी हैड रन आउट ऑफ मनी वी हैड हंड्रेड एम्प्लॉज वी हैड ऑलमोस्ट नो रेवेन्यू एंड वी हैड अबाउट माइनस फोर्टी लैक्स विच मीन वी हैडर्स फोर्टी लैक्स बट वी हैव एनी मनी गिव दम सो दीज लाइक दिस पीपल प्रेजिंग दीडीज डूइंग द वीडियो रिकॉर्डिंग फॉर आस स्टूडियो में रिकॉर्डिंग वो सब उसके लिए पैसा लगता है ना तो तो सो दैट वाज द स्टेट एनीवे सो द अदर टू को फाउंडर्स ऑफ माइंड डिसाइडेड टू टेक अ स्टेप बैक एंड द फर्स्ट जॉब आई डिड आई स्टिल रिमेम्बर विल नेवर फॉरगेट द डेट सितंबर 23 2002 वाज द फर्स्ट डे आई टुक ओवर एज द सीईओ फॉर एडुराइट टिल देन आई वाज द सीईओ एंड द फर्स्ट थिंग आई डिड वाज आई हैड टू लेट गो ऑफ 75 आउट ऑफ द 100 पीपल ऑन डे 1 सो it was the most traumatizing i can't be most depressing phase for me i never done something like i never fired a single employee before and i had to let go of 75 people on one day tabhi kuch hr vichar team mein bhi nahi tha mujhe i had to do it myself as in i had to sit i spent 10 minutes each with each of the people who were being let go and the worst part was we didn't even have money enough to pay them one month's notice we only had money to pay them 15 days notice so i had to even request them saying you know what Oh, I don't think I'll be able to give you one month's notice. I am giving you fifteen days' notice, starting from today. And here's the check. I will try my best to find you a job. So everything, HR be mahi tha, finance team be mahi tha, outplacement team be mahi tha, sab kuch. So what I decided to do after that, what I completely decided to restructure the product. I said, "Ye ye day day dunke ka lecture nahi chalega." I said different accent. It's just not exciting enough. So and I could not reuse. See the problem again was for CBSE and ICSE for twelfth grade. I had to redo the product pretty much again because even though the topics some may be common, the professor will not teach both. Typically, the professor only teach one, and he will only go the CBSE way or he will only go the ICSE way. So so then I realized that. this reusability needs to come in here so maine kya kiya i took every single subject broke it down into the smallest component let's say a 3 minute learning component a newton's laws newton's first law second law third law every action has an equivalent opposite reaction right so that's the sub topic and that is what i will teach and that i will teach in 3 to 4 minutes now that is reusable if i can get something which is non video basically which is animated which has a neutral accent right which can be consumed bite size like 3 4 minutes mein mere ko samajh mein aa jaye and the concept should be taught visually so 
If I'm talking water cycle, I should show water evaporating, forming clouds and go moving around for rain coming again. So you're completing the full cycle kind of a thing. I said, I am going to spend my last rupee on creating these reusable learning objects. RLOs, we call them reusable learning objects. And we created tens of thousands of these. But did you have money to invest in it? Because animation takes money, right? So when I came down to the 25 people, okay, we were getting revenue. So that revenue was enough and more to sustain us and plus a little bit more. I was continuing to sell. So I had not pulled it out of the markets yet. So I said, yeah, let me take the juice out. So, so those had some B2B tie-ups, went to some schools and said, hey, we will give it to you at bulk. If you buy 10, 10 sets, we'll give you at 50% discount. It's a lot. It was a lot of money. So did a little bit of that. So managed to keep the fire burning and the lights on basically created these objects. Of course, I didn't create kindergarten to 12th in one year. It took me like three years to create it. But yeah, there's no easy way back. It was a long, arduous journey back. And then did some very interesting things. So I created these learning objects. Now suddenly, I had CBSC, ICST, state boards. All of them I could cater to because I could just rearrange these. Like if you look at it like a compound wall with bricks, I just rearrange the bricks and it becomes a different syllabus kind of thing. So... Yeah. You can just change the journey a bit. The content is there. You just have to program the journey. Correct. Assessment thoda change hoga. The way they ask questions is a bit different, etc. etc. So so did that. Okay. But still I realized that we had a problem with PC penetration alums with consumers. So I said, well, how am I going to solve this? I said, okay, let me not look at what's the problem with this market. Let me look at India's strength. India ka strength, India ka strength hai volume. India ka purchasing power. Correct? We all know this, right? People, we have millions who can buy, but they can't pay more than one, two dollars. I mean, or 100, 200 rupees. High user base, low ARPU. High user base, low ARPU, right? So that's, it. I mean, now we know with all the Airtels and the Geos, right? I mean, we all know where the, how that is, right? So I realized that I'm talking this like 2004, 2005 and said that. So 10,000 was for like one year, all subjects or something like that. For one year for all four subjects. So PCMB ke liye, into four tha. rupiah. rupiah I mean, how many people could afford it? First of all, PC penetration. Uh-huh, because people will compare it to books, you know, so like it's, it's expensive. Yeah, correct. So then I said, okay, now let me not look at this product as a mainstream product. No, it's not a standalone product. Let me look at this as an ancillary product and ancillary to something which already has volume. So first thing I thought of was computers. At that time, coincidentally, McKinsey came out with a study saying that PC penetration in India, there was one big report. And in that they said, the number one reason for home PC buying, home PCs is education. Number one reason. Okay. By the way, the fact was that education became number six after the PC was bought. Nobody was using it for education. People were using it for gaming and whatever else, right? So before they buy, everybody had very noble intention. So I went to Intel. I went to Intel. I met Intel. Intel also was headquartered in Bangalore only at that time. I managed to get to the marketing head or somebody like that. You shut down your other business by then, which was selling computers? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I shut it down. I shut it down in 2000 itself. I'm a one-horse pony. I'm all in. I'm not a parallel uh, kind of guy. So, anyway. So, uh, I went to Intel. I went to the marketing head. I told them, hey, I'll give you a great idea. Right? You're selling PCs today. Here's the McKinsey report saying that number one reason for PC penetration in education. 
you are interested in heightening his expectation from the PC, right? I mean, if he thinks he's going to use it for education, let him think that way. You only offer him something. So today you are giving him an empty coffee cup. Tera PC mein kuch content to hai nahi. Usko coffee pasand hai, tumko malo mein. To to usko coffee mein de de na, coffee free de de uske saath, cup ke saath. To jyada cup lenge na fir. Simple. So I said, I will do one thing. I will map the top 10 syllabi in India and put it on your computer. At that time, more than laptops, desktops used to sell. I will put it on the hard disk of your desktop. The user will be able to choose two syllabi, up to two syllabi, because normally every family will have two kids. Two syllabi and everything else will get erased from the hard disk. Only those two subjects, those two syllabi will remain. And the kid can use that grade and that syllabi, all the subjects. But I want 200 rupees per box, irrespective of whether it's used or not. Why? Because the fact that you are advertising saying you are giving education is helping you sell. So I need to have part of that also. So I asked them for 200 rupees per box. So I will try for 2 lakh copies. We sold 1 lakh copies yeah, in 8 weeks. And this would only be in branded computers, right? Like This was only in branded computers. We tied up with 3 of their OEMs. They pointed us to HCI. They pointed us to Sahara Computers. Karke tha tabhi. Yeah, yeah, I bought a Sahara desktop. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and one more, LG, LG computers. So LG also used to have desktops there. So we tied up with these three and they did 200,000 volume for us. I mean, it was mind-blowing for me. Did this lead to renewals? Like you were basically bundling in one year syllabus, right? Did it lead to renewals? Like people finish one year and then they want to buy for the next year also. Yeah, no. And for that, money comes directly to you, like something like that. Correct, correct. So we did get... But the renewals were not like 50%, unfortunately. The renewals at that time was only about 20%, which was okay. It was still free money for me. It was still free money for me. Yeah, yeah. And for the renewal, you'd ship them a CD or like you could just give them an activation code? No, we would ship them a CD. We would ship them a CD. Yeah. Because that time streaming was just not possible. There was not bandwidth. To so, so I did that. So that was very interesting. And I got a lot of personal confidence saying, yeah, I can do this. I found a way. I know volume is the way in India kind of thing. So next what I did was I said, okay, or volume milega. Right? I started thinking. And then I said, you talked about textbooks, right? I said, let's look at how many textbooks are sold in India. I mean, just to give you a broad idea, there are about 250 million children going to school in India, approximately. Each one has an average of four, four textbooks in a year. That's one billion textbooks, right? And 50% of them are hand-me-down. So, I mean, 500 million new textbooks are printed every year. I bola, boss, this is the volume no, that I want. So I went to S. Chan, Frank Brothers, Macmillan Publishers, all the top 10. I met all the top 10. And I had a simple pitch. I went to them with two textbooks. One was S. Chan textbook without the CD. And one was S. Chan textbook with the CD-ROM which had the same content animations plotted and mapped to whatever content was in the same textbook, right? So it was matching 100% with, with this. So, I mean, I don't know if you've heard of this publisher called Frank Brothers. They're quite big. You would have, if you studied in SCBSC, you would have studied one of their textbooks. They loved the concept. Again, long story short, they loved the concept. I pitched it to them at 25 rupees a CD-ROM. But I said, I want a minimum in terms of number of copies and I want a minimum of 5 lakh copies per year. And I told him, simple thing, look at how the consumer will think of it. Your textbook is selling at 100 rupees today. 
टेक्स्ट बुक विद सीडी एट हंड्रेड एंड थर्टी रुपीज रिसीव वैल्यू ऑफ अ सीडी रॉन्ग देन आई डोट नॉट इफ यू रिमेम्बर वॉज अबाउट थ्री हंड्रेड टू फोर हंड्रेड रुपीज दट वॉज द टिपिकल फॉर स्टैम्पिंग द सीडी इट यूज टू कॉस्ट सिक्स रुपीज फिफ्टी परसेंट मोजे राइट सो कॉन्टेक्ट वॉज माइंड आई टोल्ड एम आई विल गिव इट यू एट ट्वेंटी फाइव रुपीज एंड यू सेल इट एट थर्टी रुपीज यू मेक मनी ऑल्सो देर ओके बट आई वॉन्ट दिस मिनिमम वॉल्यूम फ्रैंक ब्रदर्स लव इट लॉर्ड ऑफ अदर्स लाइक द आइडिया बट दीज गाइज गॉट गोइंग फर्स्ट they agreed on a price of 22 rupees i still remember this and i we done i mean the number of lakhs of copies i have sold to them over the years was just amazing so what happened was it became an integral part of the book and once you become part of the book then they can't take it out even if they want to because next year the teacher will ask a mere ko yaar wo cd wala textbook de do i think sr they actually went with building it in house right i do believe they have like an in house edtech division or they used to have yeah yeah they did they, they still have which is why they probably didn't bite the this one they thought that they would build it on their own but frank brothers did in fact they we got acquired again long story short about 3 years later we got acquired by one of their competitors pearson pearson is another book publisher but their dependency was so high on us but for 2 3 years after acquisition also they used to buy cds from us so tutor vista acquired you first or pearson acquired you first tutor vista acquired us in 2007 and pearson acquired all the whole business in 2011 they were using our content as the backbone to their online tutoring which was happening in the us so tutor vista business model was simple take an indian teacher and get her to buy tutoring students in the us so you will you will get us price and you will get indian cost yeah so the original white hat model <laughs> so so that was the that was the model they used our content as the base content ki engagement ke liye unko content chahiye tha na html mein and this. so they used to use our animations and our html content okay okay and so this business you continue to run under tutor vista and they continue to run their tutoring business as a separate thing i guess tutor vista was like the byju's of its time in the sense that they raised 100 million dollars and must have been like amongst the highest in terms of building a funded company and then even getting an exit when Pearson acquired correct we had raised a total of around 50 to 60 million and we got acquired for 200 million by Pearson in 2011 okay so then what like you had like a lock in period at Pearson i did <clears throat> for 2 years so i finished the lock in period in 2013 and then voluntarily they offered me the role of ceo for india Okay, for the entire Pearson business. For the entire Pearson business, which included textbooks and this, sounded like a very nice role. And I'd worked with the company for two years, so I'd seen them, they'd seen me. So I said, "Yar, chalo, 20 saal pehle vipro chhoda tha. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe it's time to for a second coming." So I accepted the role, and uh, as a pure employee, I had finished my non-compete. Sab kuch ho gaya tha. So very voluntarily, I joined them as their CEO for India, for K12 India actually. and did that job for a year exactly a year actually when i realized that i just didn't like it so at the end of year 1 which was basically end 2013 i went and told them hey you know what this is just not working i'm not motivated to come and work because of the salary you are paying me because it's not like i'm a lifelong professional right i mean i've actually come over from the other side but this is just not exciting me enough and i don't think you are getting value for, for whatever you are hired me for So I think I said I'm going to go. So about five six months I left, but I also started looking out for what else to do, and that's when I got the idea for Homelane. I mean, and that's when Homelane happened. So I what led to that discovery? Like when you discover a problem, like tell me that. Yeah, I mean it was actually in two or three phases actually, Akshay. About two years earlier, meaning when Pearson ko bech bech diya tha, tab 
थोड़े बहुत वैसे वैसे आ गए थे तो एक दो अपार्टमेंट पहले तो बींग अगेन you first first you buy one or two apartments because you know everything will go into real estate safe bet kind of thing so so i i had done that and while doing those apartments up i found that it was an extremely frustrating experience at that time i never imagined in my wildest dreams that i would end up trying to solve that problem but yaar 10 15 lakh kharcha kar raha hu fir bhi itna bura experience why is there no brand so this like for painting and woodwork and all like you bought a bare shell apartment which didn't have cupboards or correct I bare shell like yeah. I just need to do cupboards. One I was going to move in myself. One I was going to rent out. So both the times I had like a very bad experience. So I decided to uh, do, do the home lane one. So basically said that when a middle class urban customer buys a home, they mostly ended up going to a contractor or somebody from the unorganized industry, and their journey is predictably bad. So can we make it predictably good? So that's really the point that I started from. this is such a contrast from being an edtech founder and like what made you confident that you can build predictability and consistency here and or did you want to do like a like a aggregation model where you aggregate these contractors and manage service quality or like, like the, i want to understand that journey yeah so the aim was very clear right i wanted to bring predictability in the customer's journey in this space so that is no compromise that's that the headline now for that what all do i need to do i need to do two three things i started from saying what all will i sell i can't sell anything and everything so i said first of all i will only do few things i will not do everything if i have to bring predictability i can't do it only by assuming that my last mile force will be the best in the business that's just an impossible assumption to sustain my processes have to aid it my product definition has to aid it then my people have to aid it it cannot be only people so first i said okay i will only do modular furniture i will not do anything else i started with that everybody else was doing everything the product quality then at least you can control because it can be centrally made instead of painting which you can't centrally control exactly so i don't have the second thing i said was no manual labor will be used in the last mile no manual labor agar koi product hai usme manual labor mein ghar mein karna hai to main product bechunga nahi उसमें मोस्टली so but i still said if i have to control and expand this you and have control over the customer experience it needs to be a so near yet so far model which means that i should not employ them directly but i should be able to control them without employing them which was a bit tricky so then i came up with this concept of a franchisee model we call it a foco model franchisee owned company operated so a franchisee in our business does two things for us He puts up a store. अभी हमारे पास 54 stores हैं इंडिया में 
Okay, investment for e-store is approximately one and a half crores. They put up one and a half crores of capex. Homeland does not put up a single rupee of capex. They also hire 30 or 40 carpenters per store, the franchisee. The sales in the store is run by Homeland, not by the franchisee. Okay, like you deploy uh, your manpower there who's handling customers. Okay. My manpower. Sales guy is my guy. Designer is my designer. Franchisee has no control over it. He is, like I said, it's a FOCO model. Franchisee owned, company operated model. They also do the last mile install. Reason for that, Akshay, was, see, in our business, you're not only going to be installing modular furniture. Oh, aadha din ka kuch electrician ka kaam hoga. Aadha din ka plumber ka kaam hoga. The local entrepreneur who's based in Thane is the best guy who can get all this together in a fast timeline and in an acceptable quality. And he also knows how to navigate, like getting the permission to for commercial vehicle and delivery and location and all that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So decided to keep manufacturing out, decided to keep the last mile installation out and basically decided to the catalog to a much smaller, what we call a finite catalog, which is no major skill is required to install. Just assembling work is required in the customer's site. So the skill requirement in the last mile became very less. And that was our secret sauce. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, see, this sounds extremely efficient. But was this the case from day one or did you discover it? No, no, no. I discovered it. Never. This was never the case from day one. And so, you must have done only one, one locality then. Your launch must have been limited to one area. Only Bangalore. Yeah. Just Bangalore. Bangalore, we had one showroom. First six months... I can't tell you, 5 crores a month, 6 crores a month, we didn't know what to do. And these were like turnkey projects, like someone bought an apartment and gave you the work to get it up to living standards. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And after 6 months, I realized that order lena asan hai, to execute karna is the tough work. And then I was in a, I mean, one thing was I started this business to improve the customer journey experience. We were doing exactly the opposite. We were doing exactly the, we were worse than the carpenter because we just could not. I mean, can you imagine doing a six crore every month projects execution? It was just impossible. I still remember some requests which came up. One one customer came up and said, hey, my son loves music. I couldn't sleep for two nights. I said, how am I going to get a guy to do this? But I'd taken the order, I'd taken the advance, now I had to do it. So then I realized that I, and I was very lucky. I chanced upon this book. There's a book called Uncommon Service. It's by this author called Frances Frey, who was a professor at Harvard Business School. So she's a very senior senior lady who's taught there for a long time. I think now she's on the board of WeWork or something like that. So she had a very interesting theory. She says, any business in service delivery can never be great at everything it does. If you try to be great at everything, which means to maximum variety, doge, best price, bhi doge, best service, bhi doge, best warranty, bhi doge, best. then you will be mediocre at everything. So then it dawned upon me saying that in our business, where there's so much of operational complexity, variety was the enemy of scale. The more the variety, the less the scale that was possible. Right. It's hard to do quality control if you have too many SKUs. Correct. Correct. So then to me, it dawned saying, okay, I think I should decide what I don't want to do very clearly. Then define it. So, pehle start kiya, we, at that time, our ticket sizes were 15 lakhs per house. So, I completely said, okay, we will only start with modular furniture. We won't do anything else. At that time, you were doing painting and bathroom fittings and all of that. Everything we were doing. Flooring, those windows, those PVC windows that you're sitting next to, those windows. Show me. So, first we said, 
we can't be graded everything let's be clear right who is our customer and what does he value so that was one example which which is very that was one book which really struck home for me akshay the other thing example that struck home for me which was not in the book but which i myself kind of connected with was indigo airlines indigo started amongst the airlines the last in india right they were the, amongst the last to start but they were very clear from day one yeah jet was already there yeah jet was there so many sahara was there there were so many large airlines air india of course was there they came in very clearly saying boss mera ek bhi plane mein business class seat nahi rahega i am serving just the guy who is only interested in getting from point a to point b on time every time i am not going to give him full white glove service it is not for me you want white glove service go to jet they started with no meals if you remember first i mean it was talked about a lot that there are no meals on this flight and yeah so it was exactly similar for us so not only we decided that we won't do so many services we stopped doing civil flooring plumb you name it we stopped all of that we said we'll start with modular furniture and even in the modular furniture we said we'll have a finite catalog which means that if my competition has 2000 color options of laminate i will have 100 color options of laminate i'll have 5% that's all of the catalog what does that do to me my supply chain complexity is much lesser my pricing is better my stockouts are fewer i don't have problem of my vendor saying yaar stock nahi hai right and so i can fulfill my 45 days or rent promise so basically this 45 days or rent promise became our north star up to a point like we started off by saying this sounds like a very nice line which customers will immediately get to saying if we can't do the service in 45 days we are not offering the service it became reverse god it's amazing and i'm guessing anyway that pareto law would apply no 20% of the sku's would lead would be responsible for 80% of volume sold yeah Correct. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not like we were being we were excluding too much of the TG also. So that was a big turning point. It was a game changer for us. How did the first franchisee get signed up then? This so this so far you're still in Bangalore running one storefront and running some sort of a, you signed up contract manufacturing also. Yes, contract manufacturing. I didn't have the quantity to do one full factory, so I started off project by project. And these are these like carpenter shops or are these like factories like no 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 these won't be modular furniture shops these won't be carpenter there will be some maybe 2 3 crores of equipment will be there one beam saw and one edge banding machine etc one drilling machine that's a typical kind of a small unit now of course is a much larger but we started by per, per project now of course we do the whole lease line we had the first franchisee a first store was on on old madras road uh, just off indranagar uh in bangalore and this store had like furniture on display and all like what did the store look like yes it's an experience center about 4000 square feet it will have samples of our kitchens wardrobes entertainment units all of that you can't buy anything there you can only experience so we i set up the first store myself using our own capex ran it for 6 months then figured out what is the return that i am getting for that capex and then came out with a model for a franchisee saying you put so much capex you will get this much percentage of revenue share every month of orders coming in of orders you are installing you have a different revenue share for that so a project lifetime for us is about 150 days about 5 months so jab project andar aata hai tab usko wo capex ka return milta hai and when he installs the project then he will get installation ka revenue both are variable there's no fixed 
cost. I am not sharing rent with him. I am not doing any of those things. So basically, it's his risk and his reward. So why is the life cycle one fifty days? You have that forty five day promise, right? So yeah, but the the customer takes hundred days to finalize the design, customized, uh, customized, take the measurements. It's not like going to like going to Lenskart, trying ten frames, choosing one. It's not like that. Yeah, it's okay. Then exactly, it's not as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. This would uh, include only the woodwork, or also like the sofa, the table, the, that all of the livings, everything, everything. But we don't make the products. So the movable furniture, like cots, sofas, dining table, we only trade in that. We only trade. So my focus again on what not to do. Can't do everything. We only will do modular furniture. Everything else we will not let go of the business, but we trade in it. Okay, got it. So you have suppliers and you have a catalog of those products also, but those are not built as per your specifications. They are, whereas modular is built. Nor are they built by us. Nor are they built by us. Yeah. And so this two-part revenue share, first part is probably when the customer gives an advance, right? Like he would give something. And from that, the franchisee owner gets paid. And the second part would be on delivery, they would pay the remaining amount. And after installation, not only on delivery. Yeah. After installation, the the, the, the franchisee will get paid the revolution. Yeah. So this sounds like a business which needs a lot of working capital. No, it's negative working capital. Customer gives you 100% advance. 100% advance. Wow. They give you 10% and then 40% and then 50%. Before you ship the product, you get the money. Okay. Which sounds surprising given how low trust this market is. Like people don't trust that. But the low trust is both ways, which is why... If you go to a carpenter, Once you give that money, then you're pretty much stuck, right? You can't get out after that, right? So that's how the industry has worked. You always pay in advance. But you found it challenging or you or it was not a challenge? Like to get that remaining 50% before delivery is what I'm wondering if that was a challenge or that got managed. About 5% of our customers even now about it but we are very clear with our policies and we have never made an exception till today we have served about thirty thousand customers so far in the last eight and a half years i don't think which is again your philosophy that better to say no correct to things that you can't do so you you'd rather say no to that customer who is not ready i'd rather say no yeah amazing i love how focused you are amazing and, and i think that comes from the multiples doing multiple startups like as a first time founder you find it hard to say no you want to do everything yes Revenue is hard to refuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. So tell me that journey, uh, like in terms of building that franchising network of 50 stores, how did you sign up the first one? And then how did you scale that up? So the first one actually was quite tough. First of all, it was a totally new concept. That's the risk. And I never wanted to compromise. It's not like, nothing. My, my rule was simple. I will have the same rule for everybody from day one till the end. And that's it. You want to take the risk, you take the risk. You don't want to, don't take the risk. But finally found somebody who bought. So that one center that I had opened, I converted that itself into a franchisee center. Yeah. So the revenue was already assured. Yeah. I found one, uh, one two, 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 two partners actually who invested in that. We had a bad, bad time. For six, nine months, I guess we were also figuring out the, he used to crave, he used to say, Are, the material is not reaching on time. The material is uh, always has some part missing. Scratches are on the shelf, so I have to send it back. 
for him every day more of the carpenter is more money right so so he would be cribbing if anything was reaching the site in a wrong manner because that was our responsibility manufacturing and shipping so it was not so good but we learned a lot in that 9 months unfortunately i think that franchisee that specific franchisee he lost his patience and he said nahi yaar i want out and then that was bought by then we had started expanding to other stores we had like two stores in two more stores in bangalore one store in chennai one in hyderabad one in mumbai and these are like yearly setup or you found franchises no all were franchised so they looked at this model and they all signed up obviously i mean they didn't know so too much of the details that this was not going so well but they all liked the model and they signed up but it was like five or six stores so i pretty much did the selling myself to all those franchisees how i can tell you akshay we are on the other end i mean now we have 54 stores we have only about 35 franchisees about 50% of our franchisees has a minimum of a second store we have a reverse problem now we have too much demand we have people coming in and saying are aap mujhe pune mein nahi de rahe ho mujhe pune mein ek store chahiye kind of thing right so but yeah so it took some time lot of learning we also had to tweak the revenue share because we started off with too much initially and then we made it too less and then we realized that yaar yeah, so we kind of increased it a little bit so we like we adjust the volume like that we adjusted it so that it was it needs to be sustainable for them and for us at the same i think i think this is one of the few models which has scaled to this extent i mean we do about 80 90 crores a month right now and completely comes everything comes through our franchise stores wow amazing okay and do you have a sites behind uh, where to open and because there could be cannibalization happening two stores are too close to each other or stuff like that like how does that happen yeah so we follow two or three rules one is we don't have we have a 5 km rule 5 km radius mein hum log kholte nahi hain dusra before we open any new city or a new store where there is no other store so there is no question of cannibalization we look for people searching online for modular design interior design modular kitchen these are the keywords that we see where the searches are coming from so if the searches are more in hsr than in gormangla then we will open in hsr and not in gormangla kind of a thing and obviously the third one would be the propensity to spend so that comes for example at delhi and hyderabad the propensity to spend is much higher than yeah. let's say chennai is very conservative very uh, whereas the reverse is true in uh, you know hyderabad and in delhi maybe so uh, so so yeah, yeah. for for De- there's a show off value for your i mean especially in delhi you want to show off yeah exactly so 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 i mean so we look at all of those and then take a combination and then pick on the geographies how did you fund this did you need funding or because it says negative working capital no it needs funding we need a build technology and initially for customer acquisition you need i've raised about 100 million dollars so far 105 million so far to be exact for homeland over five funding rounds we have the top names marquee names sequoia capital is an investor axel partners is an investor pedilite is an investor evolvens is an investor jsw is an investor i have enough investors quite a few investors OGF is an investor IIFL is an investor so we have got like a bunch of investors who are very supportive and who back us so why 100 million i mean is it the customer acquisition that is costing more or is it the technology or like we can divide the spend that we have done of this money in broadly three buckets one would be on branding and customer acquisition we have signed on mahendra singh dhoni as our brand ambassador we have done 
I don't know if you saw on IPL, we launched a, a campaign in TVC, uh, which we did uh, not last IPL, the previous one. Uh, so we have spent some decent amount of money. Dhoni, we have signed on for three years. Uh, so that's a commitment for a longer period of time, etc. The second one that we have is on technology. For example, we have got a platform called Spacecraft, which is a virtual 3D design collaboration platform, which is used by the designer and the customer to collaborate and design without meeting physically. So they both will be looking at the same scene, which will be the apartment view. And the designer will be able to design the modular furniture using Spacecraft itself. And this really helped us during COVID because most of our competitors shrunk during COVID because it's a consultative selling business and you need to meet physically to do this business. We managed to sell without meeting physically and because of spacecraft. And we didn't have any year in which we shrunk. We grew every year even during COVID. So spacecraft is like a metaverse kind of an experience where customers can... Yeah, metaverse is the next level. This is simple 3D design which you can see screen like you and I can see the same screen. The good part, the great part about spacecraft is it is connected to exact price. So the designer can see, and the customer can see the dream home, but with the price. Like taxi meter, the price will keep going up as you keep adding stuff. Okay, amazing. So all the SKUs will be available to the designer. He can just select an SKU, drag it, and change the color. Exactly. You just drag and draw, drag it, and it'll it'll, it'll add it. And the customer will say, "Arey, yar, nahi ye saare three lakh se zyada ho gaya kitchen ke liye. Isko aur kam karo thoda sa." So that then the designer can give prompts as to how you can reduce the price and so on and so forth. That was the second area. The third one was just growth itself. See, even if you don't have, you have a franchisee model, you don't have a capex requirement, you still need to invest on that market to grow that market, right? So that also requires a little bit of investment. So if I'm opening in Jaipur, without I won't make money from day one. I'll lose money for the first six months. Before I start making You have to do the payroll for sales and designers because you have a designer and a salesperson in each store. So Yeah. Correct. Correct. So those are the three areas that we spend money on. So how do you how do you do like sales? How, how do you do lead generation at scale? Like is it Facebook ads or what are the ways in which you are doing that? Yeah. So about 85% of our leads are digital, out of which about 70% of them are paid and 30% of them are organic. In the And the balance 15% comes from referral and from offline. Tie-ups with builders, etc. And referrals. Our existing happy customers refer other customers. I, I guess, is the storefront also like generating leads? Like, is it a prominent location and all that? It does, but it's very small. Hardly 1-2%. So, because this is a planned purchase, right, Akshay? You nobody, you don't go suddenly, you don't go and buy a kitchen on a whim and a fancy. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Okay, okay. I, I want to understand a celebrity endorsement a bit. What kind of celebrity endorsement works? Like you chose Dhoni. Was there a science behind choosing Dhoni? Yeah, yeah. We believe that Homelane is a hero archetype because when a customer is doing up their home, they are a bit confused. You need someone with an assured thing saying, you know, I know my stuff and I will take you to the right place. So Dhoni gives you that calm as a personality, right? I mean, yeah, you want to project competence and Dhoni projects competence. Correct. So that was one reason why we why we did that. So what were some of the challenges in that one to 50 or 55 franchisee journey? Like, like that whole scale up of the last seven, eight years? Like, I mean, yeah, I think what the challenges differ as you scale. Initially, uh, convincing other people on your vision, saying, ye kaam karega, is itself the biggest kind of challenge, right? But after that part is proven already, 
consistency of that messaging consistency of you having the same rules for everybody being fully transparent making sure you have the best team to handle this at a scaled manner nobody should think that are yaar because he is in bangalore he is getting a better deal i am in jaipur i may not get such a good deal no every franchisee has exactly the same rules everybody everything is software driven everything is transparency based so how do you communicate all of this so as a brand we said we will have these values trust and transparency empathy right collaboration customer obsession are some of our values right what we decided to do what is the most difficult as per me is that from that 50 employees to now 2300 employees how do you get the consistency of messaging to all of them so that everybody at least some at some points in time walk the talk as far as the homeland values are concerned that is the most difficult according to me baki is about thing and do you have a have an answer to that like how to let your culture permeate yeah, i do i do first of all this is culture in a company is top down you have to walk the talk if you are not transparent then you cannot ask you have no right to ask your employee to be transparent frankly as for me as a founder right one second is today with technology you must use it to over communicate keep stressing it can be like a broken record you may be saying but it is very important for you to keep stressing on the pluses that that this will bring in um whether you like it or not employee churn is a reality you will have 2 3 4% churn every month so for me what that means is that i have out of the 2300 people i have 50 to 75 people going out every month and about around the same number coming in every month so every 3 months there is there are 200 new guys 250 new people which i have to communicate with and tell them because they don't know what they don't care right i mean unless you tell them that it's important help me understand the lay of the land on the one hand you have say like a slightly more direct type of competitor like say a live space then you have pepper fry wake fit these kind of furniture brands and then you would also have the old school like say godrej also is a furniture brand so how do you bucket these competitors whom do you see as competitors whom do you not see as competitors so frankly akshay if you take the whole all of the people that you said just now or and all the other branded players like design cafe bonito yevo all of those guys they all will together constitute about 5% of the market share today okay the big architects all of those would be about 8% 87% of the market share is still with the unorganized segment so as far as we are concerned very clearly we are not interested in taking half percent more revenue share from or sorry market share from uh, lip space we are interested in taking 5% market share from the unorganized segment So unorganized means like say it could be a local carpenter or, or it could be a contractor local carpenter contractor yeah how do you how would you take market share from them is it just that as disposable incomes increase so people are willing to spend more for assurance for predictability absolutely aspirational value keeps going up right i mean you want a personalized design you want something that's made for you that cannot be done by a contractor or a carpenter you don't want to do project management you want to outsource project management that cannot be done by a carpenter or a contractor so that's where we come in yeah. so for a vc essentially homeland is a bet on the india consumption story as indian disposable incomes increase consumption patterns will change and homeland fits into the new india absolutely yes amazing so you raised about 50 million dollars in your last round will your 
next round be like a unicorn round i don't know about that i think we are more interested in getting to profitability ideally rather than raising more money at this point in time so we are very focused on getting to ebitda being ebitda profitable which will happen in about 6 months from now we did hit cash profitability during covid but then we raised around and we went for growth so at that time we were doing about 2-300 crores of revenue. Now we are closer to about 100 million dollars of revenue. I haven't spent so much time reminiscing about my early days of entrepreneurship as much as I have with you today. So it brought back a lot of memories for me also. <laughs> And that brings us to the end of this conversation. I want to ask you for a favor now. Did you like listening to the show? I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Do you have your own startup ideas? I'd love to hear them. Do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in the show? I'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests. Write to me at ad@thepodium.in. That's ad@thepodium.in.